0: there. Welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's interview guest is Shola Winley, an MLS Executive Vice President and the league's Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer. We've had some great guests lately, including Bruce Arena, Jamie Vardy, and Adrian Macias and David Leah. So check those out. Now, here's my interview with Shola Winley. Our guest now is Shola Winley since february he has been an mls executive vice president and the league's chief diversity equity and inclusion officer shola it's great to see you thanks for coming on the show
1: brant thanks for having me i know that uh you've been looking to to get us on since uh since my announcement in february so i appreciate your patience that it's fantastic to be with you here today thank you so much
0: awesome uh, i totally understand why it's taking some time because you want to get you know a, a lay of the land in, in the previous months here and I know you've met a lot of people, you've looked into a lot of things, and I have a lot of questions here. Um, This was a newly created executive position at MLS that you took, and this was created after the George Floyd uh, protests last year and the formation of Black Players for Change and MLS, among other things. Uh, Could you share with our listeners what you have done in the past work-wise that helped prepare you for this position and then how you taking this new position came
1: about? Great question. Uh, Before we get into my professional experience, I thought it could be helpful just to talk a little bit about um, just my personal uh, experience. And so I'm biracial. My father is a black Pentecostal minister from uh, from uh, South Carolina, uh, grew up in Harlem. Uh, my mother, a, a white a Jewish woman from Queens. Both of my parents uh, are now um, uh, deceased. Um, I have three children. Uh, the first, my first two children, my oldest from my first marriage, are um, uh, half black, uh, Puerto Rican, and, uh, and white. Um, uh, my, my youngest son, um, just born six weeks ago, uh, is Sri Lankan, and my current wife is Sri Lankan, so Southeast, uh, Southeast Asian. So a variety of uh, different uh, cultures and religions um, and uh, perspectives in our family. Uh, in addition, my sister is in a, uh, an inter-abled um, uh, relationship, and so it's an interracial relationship, as well as uh, her husband and my brother-in-law, of uh, being a person with uh, with disabilities. And so I bring a, a, a range of experiences to uh, to the table that help to inform uh, my perspective and, uh, and my view.
0: So in terms of MLS and soccer, why did you want to take this position?
1: Sure, so I have a 20 plus year uh, relationship with the commissioner. I started my career in sports with the National Football League, uh, was fortunate to be a young executive that I had exposure globally around the world, traveled to a lot of international markets to promote the sport of football. I've consulted for Major League Soccer for for a couple of years in a similar capacity to what I've shared. And um, uh, uh, it was the right time. Um, I knew the executives internally. I had a feel for the culture, um, uh, an understanding of where I felt I could have impact. This sort of role requires uh, there to be a level of trust the conversations are not always easy conversations, and um, I, have, I have profound and deep respect for the commissioner and for the leadership team of Major League Soccer for what they've been able to build. Uh, diversity, equity, inclusion has not been uh, the focus of their efforts, and it needs to be um, going forward. I think the commissioner recognized that, uh, our board recognizes that, and I'm here to contribute and add a different perspective to um, an already very successful business.
0: When you come into this job, you mentioned you'd done some consulting work for MLS before, but this is a a full-time executive gig you've got here. What have you been doing since you first came in in this job in February?
1: So uh, it's important to start with um, knowing that you don't know what you don't know. And so um, uh, I didn't have and don't still have a, a deep level of a soccer experience. So it's important for me to uh, get a closer and better understanding of the game, of its culture. And so I've, I've been watching a lot of soccer, um, uh, listening to our broadcasts, spending time uh, with people who are, are steeped in soccer culture and the soccer industry. Uh, I've talked with uh, a variety of our owners. Um, I've talked with internal staff. We have um, uh, an employee resource council uh, which are our ERGs, I've spent a lot of time listening. And so part of that listening then translates into what's the plan that we need to build to uh, have, start to have impact today and lay a foundation for building the type of inclusive culture that we want tomorrow. So it really started with, uh, with listening and then doing an assessment of where, of where we are and where I think that we can have impact. And we've laid out uh, seven priorities uh, for, uh, for the year Um, and some of which are, most of which are are underway. Starting with, um, uh, where are we as a league from a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective? And so we did a league-wide survey. We actually are just tabulating those results now. So we have feedback from every team. We're putting together what we call a DEI collective. It's a monthly um, uh, DEI meeting of league-wide and team uh, representatives to share best practices and learn uh, from one another. Uh, I'm in the process of interviewing um, uh, uh, potential uh, training partners to provide the league with unconscious um, and and inclusion uh, training, and that's exciting for us to all be grounded in the same uh, language and understanding. Uh, We're working on some civic engagement uh, programs um, uh, and working with some program providers in that space uh, that that center on uh, police and community uh, uh, relationships. And I think that that's uh, an important component, particularly with what's happening in, uh, in today's uh, society, working on building some wealth equity um, opportunities with uh, the National Black Bank Foundation and seeing if there's a pathway for us to uh, work together um, uh, on a league perspective. So that and a host of other initiatives are, are underway that we're excited about.
0: Now... We'll talk about several things in this conversation but the data point that probably stands out the most in MLS I think in this from this perspective is that in the 26 year history of the league there has still never been a u.s born blackhead coach now Colorado's Jamaican born coach Robin Fraser did play for the. US men's national team so I, I do want to say that but what is MLS doing to address this issue in particular? And what is the future of the, the so-called Rooney Rule in MLS?
1: So we have our, you may know, Grant, already, we have our own version of the Rooney Rule. It's called the Diversity Hiring Initiative, which was established in 2007. And so it's time for us to take a look at that. Is it is it driving the results that we want it to drive? Is it accomplishing um, uh, our objectives? We put together a working, Um, a working group to explore that, which includes um, internal staff members from across the organization, uh, former uh, players um, uh, who are members of SCORE, um, current players who are members of BPC, um, as well as um, uh, CSOs from clubs, um, uh, and you mentioned uh, coaches as well as coaches who are uh, participating, Robin uh, being one of them. And so I don't know the answer to the question of why there's not... Um, an um, uh, uh, American-born black head coach. Uh, We have two black head coaches. Um, uh, 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 The hope is that we could have a a reflective representation of our soccer uh, universe. So 30% of our players are Latino, 20% are black. It would be nice to see um, uh, uh, some continuity across the ecosystem. And so we're going to look at it we're gonna make recommendations. We're gonna dig into it deeply and hopefully come up with a plan that the league can feel proud of uh, that move the numbers in a direction that, um, uh, that are reflective of our ecosystem.
0: I'll be straight with you here. There have been a couple of hires in the last several months that I get text messages from black people in the soccer community, respected people uh, in the US when they see, for example, and this is just one example, uh David Beckham hire his buddy from childhood Phil Neville for the Inter Miami head coaching job uh a guy who you know might not be totally qualified for that job based on what he's done in the past there's a lot of consternation among people who who know this history in, in MLS of uh, of not hiring US born black head coaches um did Inter-Miami have to go through a process uh, to of interviewing other candidates, sharing that with the league? What do you know about that specific situation?
1: So all, all of the clubs, when there are um, senior open positions on the, on the technical side, um, uh, have to follow our uh, diversity initiative policy, which is to interview at least one diverse candidate and to alert the league of that. On this specific one, I can go back and find, I'm not sure of... of Uh, who the diverse uh, candidate was. Um, But human nature um, in soccer and across uh, sports and business in general is to hire people who we are familiar with. Uh, We are a risk-adverse sport. Business tends to be risk-adverse. The stakes are high. Uh, That's not an excuse, but it does provide context. And so um, uh, we have to provide opportunities to um, uh, give more exposure to qualified people so that we can start to um, uh, help hiring executives uh, make decisions that are not that they don't have to perceive as being uh, risk adverse. There are qualified candidates out there, uh, but it's human nature to hire people that we are comfortable and familiar with, which is part of the reason why DEI officers are being hired across uh, across companies at this point in time, um, because uh, uh, that 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 myth um, that who you know um, uh, is often the best one. Um, uh, uh, not taking myself uh, included in my relationship with, uh, with the commissioner, um, uh, uh, it needs to be challenged uh, appropriately. But it's a, it's, a, it's a fair question.
0: I wanna ask about your relationship with the Black Players for Change because this is uh, an organization that has a lot of members among players in your league. I've been on panels with Justin Morrow, uh, who's a leader with that group. Uh, Could you explain a little bit of of what you've done in connecting with the Black Players for Change in recent months?
1: Yeah, I think Justin is doing a terrific job. I think the group is doing a terrific job. They've come together and coalesced uh, in a wonderful way very quickly. You know, we are on the eve of of Juneteenth, 2021. Uh, BPC announced their formation Juneteenth, 2020, Um, uh, uh, participating first with Um, the MLS's back tournament with their solidarity demonstration. And I think that that set the stage for um, their relationship with the league. They have a voice um, at the table. They're members of our diversity committee. Justin also sits on the equity action committee of MLS Next. And so uh, BPC has influence across the MLS ecosystem. And that's a good thing. Uh, We're only better for it. We've worked in concert with uh, black uh, black Players for Change, and deep collaboration with uh, this year's Juneteenth league-wide Juneteenth celebration. Uh, um, and so, there's a press release coming out shortly uh, that will announce um, uh, the league-wide activities, including special, specially designed jersey numbers um, uh, designed by a black artist uh, from uh, from Indianapolis that was recommended by Ray Gaddis. Um, uh, the the numbers look fantastic. Uh, Uh, All of the clubs that are playing this weekend uh, will be playing the uh, Black National Anthem. And uh, BPC has been uh, deeply involved uh, with us in all of those decisions. We're working now collaboratively with them and another uh, partnership organization, 100 Black Men of America, to think through what our presence at All-Star is going to be, be. And they'll be a big part of that. Um, And these are just a few examples. And so the the sky is the limit, literally, on what we can build and create together. Uh, I value their participation, their voice. It's needed. Um, They need to continue to uh, push us appropriately um, so that we can shape the league in a way that is reflective of the the very powerful and positive impact that they have.
0: We've had uh, also on the podcast members of SCORE in the past, uh, Eddie Pope, uh, Evan Whitfield, Alan Hopkins is part of that group. You've also had Tony Sane on the podcast. Have you had inter- interactions with SCORE and people who've been involved in the league in the past as players?
1: Yeah, so SCORE we have we have periodic meetings with. And some of the individuals that you mentioned specifically, um, a, a deepening relationship. So Tony and I are working on um, uh, Tony building out a, a training program for uh, for our MLS Next community, which will be... Uh, a DEI and LGBTQ training program for our players, our coaches and parents. And so that's that's exciting. Um, Evan and I are in contact and we're talking through um, some opportunities that he has through a program that he's involved with called uh, Common Goal. Eddie Pope is on our um, uh, diversity committee. Um, and so their score is inter, 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 integrated into the work that we're doing. They're also participating in the working group for the diversity hiring initiative, because I know that this is a um, an area that's important to them. And I'm assuming some of the folks that you've gotten the text messages from, which is a good thing, right? And so um, rather than being on the outside, my recommendation to the commissioner and, and what we discuss as a team is we need to invite people into the tent to help us solve the problems that are shared problems. And so SCORE, like BPC, is a part of that process.
0: You know, one area that I'm curious about I'm in the media is is the media side and each MLS club has their own local broadcasts and and at times you know it, it's not just about how diverse are the people who are doing the broadcast so that's a part of it it's also like the, the, this idea of coded stuff that you hear like the most common one and we still hear this all the freaking time is Pace and power used to describe black players invariably, um, and it's it, it's something that you see on international soccer broadcasts. It's something you see on on domestic broadcasts. Are is your group? Are, are you working at all with local media doing MLS broadcast about stuff like that? I think it's a it's
1: a it's a good point, Grant, and I won't go into specifics on in terms of in terms of names, but. Um, uh, not just on the local broadcast, but on our on our national broadcast as well, right? And so the point that you bring up is an important point: is to this idea of sort of reinforcing, perhaps unconsciously sometimes, uh, stereotypes, right? That the black player is the is the strong, fast player, not the not the skilled, um, uh, uh, intellectual, um, uh, smart player, right? And so. Um, uh, that That falls into the category of making sure that we can continue to have dialogue. so I have not been in contact with uh, with the local broadcasters it's a good point. I think we need to think about a way to um, uh, formalize this and make it make education more part of our process from a communications perspective.
0: No, that makes sense that's really interesting. Um, I, I know yeah, we're actually doing this interview on Thursday, June 17th. We're actually going to be coming out the week after. So, this will be slightly after the Juneteenth commemoration over the weekend. And I also know that between now and when we release, there's going to be an MLS announcement officially about a new MLS lower division league, uh, which has been reported on already in the athletic and in different places. But I'm wondering if you're going to have suddenly an MLS league that is a lower division league. Is that potentially a way to uh, to give a lot more opportunities uh, to to minorities and, and, and people who might not have gotten many oppor- as many opportunities at the MLs level?
1: I think more uh, absolutely right because more more roles create more opportunities i mean it's just a, part of it is just math, simple math right and so uh, one example is uh, so Alan Hopkins, I think you mentioned uh, Alan before we came on air right so he 's uh, working uh, with our organization uh, now in a consulting capacity, um, uh, people like Alan. Um, uh, if we have roles for roles for them, they certainly have the capacity and the skill set to contribute in a larger way towards moving Major League Soccer and our lower division forward. And so, um, more roles create more opportunities. So, in terms of staffing, that's one. The other is in terms of uh, investment and diverse investment. And so we would be looking for building out a business plan, and I'll be working on this over the course of the next several months, to attract um, diverse ownership. Uh, similar to, um, uh, if you look at minor league baseball and the impact that they can have on their local communities. I know they've shrunk recently. Major league soccer can do the same thing. These are smaller stadiums uh, entrenched in the, entrenched in the, in the community. And um, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for us to uh, attract a a more diverse um, uh, ownership uh, group to to the lower league.
0: You mentioned this a little bit earlier, the idea that in your job, you are going to have uncomfortable conversations uh, as part of that. I'm not looking for any specific names or anything, but like, what are some of these uncomfortable conversations that you've had or at least the topics and how do you personally approach a conversation like that and how you, you would like for it to play out?
1: I don't come into uh, conversations with a particular agenda on how I would like for it to play out. I'm not sure sometimes how the conversations are going to go. I engage in conversations with, uh, with an open mind. Uh, like everybody, I come into discussions with my own um, uh, conditioning and experiences. That doesn't make it right, um, doesn't make it wrong either. It means that I have a, a different perspective um, uh, that I can add to, uh, to the conversation. I think most conversations um, on, on race uh, are difficult. I think that uh, most conversations on um, issues uh, with uh, the LGBTQ community are difficult and challenging. Um, and and necessary. And so when we're talking about how we should be responding as a league and an organization to what's happening in society, there's a variety of different considerations that have to um, uh, be taken into account. I have to be um, a broker of many of those different uh, considerations and share um, a recommendation after I have filtered those with the commissioner. And the commissioner and I don't always have to agree. And what I've shared with him is it's my responsibility in my job to give him the very best objective opinion that I can. Um, and, uh, that's, and that's what I do, and that's what I try to do in every situation. It's his job, ultimately, to decide um, uh, uh, how the league is going to show up and present itself. My job is to help influence that decision.
0: One thing that we're still seeing in international soccer, we saw this in England last week when the England national team uh, played some pre-Euro friendlies and they still take a knee before the opening whistle of every game and you've got England fans not all of them but a significant number booing that situation. We've seen that in MLS in Dallas last year when fans, not all of them, but a, a healthy number booed the the Dallas players when they took a knee. After the game, Reggie Cannon uh, was critical uh, publicly of of the fans for doing that. And then he later said in the the, the Crack podcast that the club, his own club, Dallas, tried to get him to make a formal public apology and he didn't want to do it. How do you approach that?
1: The deep fissures in uh, in our nation and in the world um, uh, are not new. And um, uh, you approach it one conversation at a time uh, you approach it by uh, the interactions that you have, the energy that you bring um, uh, to uh, to your work and to your life, that we have to change hearts. And uh, this is, this is less of an intellectual exercise and more of an exercise in who we want to be as human beings. And um, I think I shared in the beginning, Grant, that uh, it's important that we create a space within soccer where uh, there's freedom of expression, as long as that freedom of expression is not um, uh, demeaning, uh, demoralizing, uh, or humiliating to, uh, to another human being. Um, I think that we have been clear that we're unequivocal when it comes to hate and, to, and intolerance, and we'll continue to take actions that support that. And so um, uh, my wish and my, uh, my prayer for us as a, as, as, as a sport, um, uh, and as a nation and a world, is that we continue to move towards a more just, equitable, and prosperous um, uh, uh, community for all of us to participate in. Uh, there's no reason why uh, we can't all um, uh, live a life that is free um, for us to express who we want to be without it being detrimental or um, uh, minimizing uh, to our fellow, uh, to our fellow uh, citizens.
0: You know, are there any metrics that you're planning to use in the the coming months and years to to measure the impact you're having?
1: Yeah, so we we um, uh, I think I mentioned we're looking at the uh, diversity hiring initiative. We'll determine what uh, what the metrics are. Um, uh, we're also doing a, a similar. Uh, analysis and deep dive in our own um, uh, staffing and hiring metrics as the league. And we'll determine what those. will determine what those. Uh, what those metrics are, um, and metrics are important. As important to, uh, as metrics is, um, do people feel that this is a place where Major League Soccer is a place where um, they feel valued and where they uh, feel a sense of belonging? Uh, is their voice heard? Are we making uh, steps in the right? Um, direction? Are we giving them a platform uh, where they can um, uh, be seen and allow different um, ideas and topics to come into consideration? It's important that we have um, uh, more women in the organization who are helping to drive uh, the conversation. It's important that we have uh, more people of color um, at the senior levels of the organization. And so we're going to have to establish what that baseline is and come up with metrics that make sense for us.
0: Um, We're now starting in this more vaccinated world to be able to travel a little bit more easily. Are you wanting to to travel to meet with people? I mean, in every MLS city at this point, or that's a lot of cities?
1: Yes, yeah, so I've, 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 I've been fortunate enough to uh, get out on the road and get to a few of our cities, particularly the cities where uh, we have uh, new stadiums that were built or in the process of being built, uh, Austin being one of those. And as you know, the uh, their home opener is this weekend. So that's exciting. And so Rudin, uh, for them to have a fantastic um, uh, opening day, particularly after the events of of last weekend, um, and so my goal and my hope is to get out to every, um, is to get out to every major league uh, city i 'm um, traveling to uh, to Houston uh, next week, and then we 're out to Columbus uh, the following week we 've been in St Louis, um, Austin, as I mentioned, Cincinnati, and so we 're on the way and it's, it, it, it feels good to be out there it 's nice to see people um, out in the world again. Um, it's nice to uh, feel energy in some of our uh, in some of our stadiums. Even uh, some of the first games, which weren't at full capacity, My, the Miami uh, LaFC uh, LaFCS game was fantastic. Um, uh, and so it's nice to be out there. And so if, I know you're uh, you're in Houston right now uh, doing this broadcast, and then you're traveling, I think, to San Francisco. And so yep. uh, travel safe and ha- travel safe and have and have fun. You know, we human beings are meant to um, uh, you know. Have community uh, with one another. You know that energy is uh, is infectious, and so it's good to be it's good to be out there, and it's great to see you know the supporters in the stadium rocking and rolling.
0: Yeah. Before we sign off here, is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you'd like to address?
1: Well, one is I want to thank you for you know taking the time to shine a light on um, uh, an important time uh, and topic for uh, for the league. Um, we've, we've established a, a board-level diversity committee. Um, and uh, it's important to share that because my, I believe it's the only board-level diversity committee that includes um, uh, non-owners uh, across, the, um, across the professional sports. Um, and so on that committee are uh, owners, we have members of SCORE, we have members of uh, Black Players for Change, we have a, a representative from MLS Next from our Ex- Equity Action Committee. And we also have a member of our um, uh, ERG. And that's important to share, Grant, because this is not, uh, 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 this, this will not be solved by um, one group alone, right? We all have to come with our best ideas to the table. We have to engage in uh, courageous conversations and debate. Um, We have to um, understand that we're all working towards a common goal, and that's to make soccer uh, one of the best leagues in the world, and it can only get there if it's a diverse, inclusive, and equitable um, community. And that's what we're working towards. So it's an exciting time uh, to be a part of Major League Soccer. Um, uh, It's an exciting time for us to be in the middle of our uh, media um, uh, discussions. Uh, The games look great on television. And um, uh, it's a fantastic, it's been off off to a fantastic start of the season.
0: Shola Winley is the MLS Executive Vice President and the League's Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer. Shola, thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Grant, thanks for having me and look forward to getting a chance to say hello to you in person.
0: Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Shola Winley as well as producer Chris Whittingham. If you like the podcast, you could do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button and provide a rating and a review. I'm back soon with another interview of someone from the soccer world. Be safe, everyone. See you next time.